Praise the Lord. He is so faithful. Actually, uh, Carsten, I think that was our prayer request, and I, I haven't yet done that. So we, we want to make sure that we do that. Um, people, we are so, so grateful to be able to have the Word of God and the testimonies of Jesus going out all over the world. It's just amazing to watch and see the responses as people are getting faith and hope that oh, it happened for them, it can happen for me. And, um, and their hope is rising as a result of Jesus being lifted up and that the testimony going forth. And so people write in and they, they every week just writing in so many requests for healing, for breakthroughs. But they are asking the Lord Jesus and we're going to come in agreement with them right now to believe for breakthrough because people... Uh, who, who seek Him. The Bible says, seek and you will find. The will of God, we know the will of God is to heal all who come to Him. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. He healed all who came to Him when He walked the earth and He heals all who come to Him now. We can trust Him, we can have faith. Would you lift your voices with me and agree with me right now? Father, nothing is impossible for you. Father, you don't hear one request without responding, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that not one falls to the ground. But Father, you hear your people, you you hear their requests. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for breakthrough, for miracles, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing is impossible for those who believe. We thank you for breakthrough in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. 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 You can have that now, Carsten. Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. How great is our God. Isn't He wonderful? Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory. You are worthy. You are so, so worthy. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. Amen. Amen. Hey, give me a wave if you were here Friday night. Let me see. Wow. <laughs> You're back for some more. Praise the Lord. God surprised us on Friday in just a beautiful way. I didn't actually think I was going to be able to get off the floor to pick up a microphone. And seriously, the weighty glory was just so, wow. And, and he was speaking just in such powerful, powerful ways. And then the, the prophets just confirmed what the Lord was saying. And um, I don't even think we had any announcements or offering. We just, I, 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 uh, the glory. And then um, I felt just to release an impartation for people. We had to clear out the first few rows because the bodies on the ground as the Holy Spirit was touching and people were encountering, encountering God was just so significant. And I believe that the Lord is wanting to release fresh wine, that there's new wine for new wineskins, that there is a fresh encounter with Him that He wants us all to have. Uh, but before I jump in tonight, I just wanted to see if the Lord, if you were here Friday and God did something just significant in your life that you had, He spoke to you or did something or brought some sort of shift in your life as you were encountering Him on the floor, just give me a wave. Yeah, wow. Come on, Jesus. So, so beautiful. Josh, can you come Come on up and tell us what happened? I saw him touching you there. Come on. Give him a hand as he comes. Hello. A little bit. Firstly, can I just say, the waves of revival are here. They are really, really here. Um, but Friday night, I was sitting there on the front row, and Pastor Catherine was saying that how in America there was an impartation, and she wanted to deliver it here. And I was like, God, this is it. I know what I'm asking for, peace, joy, Lord. I know for the last three years I haven't had that. But then she goes, God's not stingy. You can ask for more stuff. And I'm like, Charles Finney, Lord God, John Wesley, George Whitfield, every single account, I want that. So I thought I'd get greedy. That never happened. But, but I laid there on the ground. I got prayed for. I hit the ground and I was like, whoa. I could feel the weight on my chest and I couldn't move. Nothing was really changing in that moment I didn't feel and after about 25 minutes maybe 30 minutes Pastor Catherine goes just fix your mind on him don't God's still doing something don't move and Isaiah 26 3 says if you fix your mind on him he will give you perfect peace 
not just normal peace, perfect peace. And so I laid there and I was like, ah. I was literally there for one hour. And all of a sudden, I think it was Loretta on here just started giggling and laughing. And I was like, <coughs> and I felt this joy well up. And I haven't felt it in about three years, this peace just come in. And I just wanted to encourage you, if you've come in here, it doesn't matter if you're in pieces, you can get perfect peace here tonight. The Spirit of the God, Lord is here. He's here to transform and He's here to change. So thank you very much. So beautiful. Yay, Jesus. Yay, God. You know, you don't always know what's going on as the Holy Spirit is touching people. But when we make room for God, He wants to move. He wants to touch. I just want to um, say thank you to, to our teams. I, young Daniel O'Neill, I think you, you were one of our catchers on the, on the team. And he's, he's here pretty much every Friday and just being so faithful. I, I just And then the Holy Ghost touched you and did some beautiful things. I was just blessed. It's so beautiful as um, we make room for God and let Him minister. And this, you know, God's not asking us to live on yesterday's encounter. He's got something fresh for us today. Hallelujah. He's got something fresh for people. As you hunger and thirst, God will fill you. Hallelujah. So it's so beautiful. We love to hear the testimonies of what the Lord's doing. I know um, God was just powerfully moving on hearts and, and bringing restoration and healing and deliverance and joy and peace and speaking. And I myself, I've just felt a shift since Friday. I've felt a shift in, in holy boldness. I've just, and, and renewed strength, actually, which is really amazing because the Bible says those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And there's something that happens as you let the Holy Spirit do His work, strengthen you and encourage you. So praise the Lord. Isn't He wonderful? Our faithful, faithful God. Um, I also just want to encourage you. I, I did a bit of a FaceTime live on the Australian Prophetic Council Facebook page um, this week. And if you want to have a look at that, I'd encourage you to have a look um, and just have a listen, because there's a lot of stuff that goes around. When I first felt the Holy Spirit uh, prompt me to, to get the um, prophetic counsel in motion in, in the nation, it was as a result of um, people did not understand the prophetic. And things had sweeped through their inboxes. Oh, there's going to be a tsunami. Everybody run to the hills and they're going to wipe out the East Coast. And... I got frustrated because there was not, there, Jesus wasn't the center of these words. And it was producing and um, encouraging a culture of fear rather than a culture of hope and faith. And, um, and so there are, there are biblical ways to understand, even warnings from God, there's biblical ways to understand. But there's also important to understand the prophetic so that we're not reacting or responding to headlines. Often as headlines start to come out and people go, oh, I'm sensing this. No, you're not. You're reading what the news is telling you. Like, oh, I'm sensing there might be a war with China. So is Sky News. <laughs> you know? Or I'm sensing there might be a sh a, 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 an interruption in the supply chain. Well, it's already happening in England. It's already happening in America. And yes, it's happening here. And so probably what you're sensing is correct intellectually. But our, our, our job as prophets isn't to, I'm sorry, I'm just being frank here, right? I can do, I can do this, right? Our job is not to be reacting to the news headlines, but our job is to be hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying and releasing on earth the strategies of heaven, what the King is saying, and so that we can turn people to Jesus. You see, in the midst of all that's going on in the world, we don't have to add to a culture of fear. Our job is to bring perfect peace, the peace of God that passes understanding, to bring righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, not more fear and more reaction. What we don't need is more drama and trauma. What we do need is the Prince of Peace being lifted up and His glory being manifest. Amen. Praise the Lord. I wasn't going to say all of that, but thank you, Jesus. I did anyway. 
Praise the Lord. Have a listen. Um, I think Sarah and I might do another FaceTime Live on Wednesday. Izzy did a, bu- a brilliant one as well. Good stuff there on the Australian Prophetic Council Facebook page. And God is good. He wants us, everyone, everywhere to be listening to the voice of the Father. He wants us to be aware of what He's saying. He wants us to, to understand how to respond to what He's saying. He wants us to bring the solutions of heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, let's pray. Help, Jesus. <laughs> I thank you that you do. You are our ever-present help in time of need. God, you're faithful and you are true. And nothing is impossible for you. Father God, I'm asking, Spirit of God, that you'd speak to us, that you'd help us to respond to what you say to our hearts. Lord, that you'd give us wisdom from heaven to learn how to respond to you. Lord, to make room for you. And Father, we ask that you would stretch forth your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and miracles in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. I want to just recap a little bit of what I've been sharing because I want to take it a little bit deeper. I'm speaking today on the divine dinner bells, the heart of the Father to help us recognize the dinner bells that He rings, that we might go and eat with Him and have encounters with Him. You see, I look back over my life and I think there have been so many divine encounters that I can point to where a shift happened as the Holy Spirit did something in my heart, as I had an encounter with God. You know, and all the way through Scripture, we can see this happening. Divine shifts happening through divine encounters. And God wants to take every one of us onwards and upwards into new things. He's got something new for us. He's got something fresh for us. He wants to give you hope and a future. That's what the word, the word of the Lord is. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. But He wants to inject that hope into your heart and He'll do it as you read the Word of God, as you make time for Him, as you make room for Him. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to your heart and He has encounters for you that will bring shift. I mean, the very first major encounter I ever had with the Lord was my conversion experience. (gasps) I sought Him. I need to know you, God. I can't see you. I don't know you. Help. And Ah, I had an encounter with God where, ah, I know who I'm talking to now. I know who you are. You've revealed yourself to me in a supernatural way. And then through my life, I can see significant encounters that I had that led to, that were the the, uh, catalyst for divine shift into something new, into into a bigger breakthrough, into something fresh. And so I just want to show you through the Word of God today um, some of these divine encounters. We were looking, we've been looking at Matthew 17, the transfiguration. And we read there in verse 1 that now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. After six days, we get the seventh day, that time of rest, that day of Rest And the heart of the Father is He wants us out of a place of rest to lead us up the mountain, to lead us into a place of encounter with Him. But He doesn't force us. He invites us and He'll lead us. When He leads, we have the choice of whether we'll follow or not. When we follow Jesus, we're not in handcuffs. He's not making us come after him. He's inviting us. And even after we're saved, he doesn't force us. He continually invites us. Come up higher. Come with me. And when you listen and you hear or you sense that prompting to, to draw aside with Jesus, to come up the mountain, you can have a confidence that every time you turn and you respond, so often those little Little doors, those little inklings are going to lead to big encounters. Hallelujah. But they don't always look like 
what we expect. But they went up on the mountain with him and he was transfigured before him, before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here if you wish. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. He said that before, isn't it? You know, it's often a, it's a recurring theme with the father when you come to him. It's like Jesus might have said, I know that. You already told me that. But no, this is his declaration over you. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved daughter with whom I am well pleased. How can you have confidence to know that's what God says about you? Well, the Bible says it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. That we have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live, yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. That having been justified by faith, I have peace with God, which means he has nothing against me. <gasps> Thank you, God. When he looks at me, he says, your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Song of songs, hallelujah. God's delight, he, this is the way he'll so often begin when he speaks to us. He'll speak with, in a way that instead of getting straight to the point and getting on with the job, he'll just let us, I just want you to know, I love you. You are my beloved. You know, these words from the Father, they're not a waste of time. They're not just for the weak who really need it in that moment. He lavishes this love, like unnecessarily so. Like, I'm just going to tell you this because I love you. Even if you're not in that place of, I really needed to hear that right now. I'm just going to tell you anyway. <sighs> you are my beloved with whom I am well pleased. And when we believe that about God, we'll be unafraid of approaching the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Amen. This is better than you're reacting. This is good news. And while he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them. That's a cloud of glory. The miracles and, and encounters happen in the glory of God. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and don't be afraid. And when they'd lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And, uh, you know, I believe as we look at that and recognize the Father was allowing them to have this amazing encounter. And out of that encounter, they were commissioned. Hear him. And the thing that he said next, the thing that Jesus said next to them, you, we better listen to if this has just been a glory encounter where the father has audibly spoken and said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Hear him. You want to know what he has to say next, right? So what does Jesus say next? He says, don't be afraid. Arise. Don't be afraid. Arise. Don't be afraid. He wants to cast out all fear with his love. Hallelujah. And he tells them about the fact that he's going to die and he's going to suffer and he's going to be raised up again from the dead and that he wants them to go and tell everybody about him rising from the dead and about this transfiguration um, moment after he's been raised from the dead. Over and over again, we see... People in Scripture having these significant encounters with the Lord that bring a, a fresh commissioning or bring a fresh shift into something new. We think about Moses and the burning bush. And Moses was like 70 years old, tending his father Jethro's sheep. He saw a bush that was burning and it wasn't being consumed. And he said to himself, I'm going to turn aside and give my attention to this. I'm going to see this thing. And when the Lord saw, this is what the scripture says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside, when he, when he turned to see this thing, he spoke to him. And out of the bush, he began to commission Moses. This is what I've got for you. This is, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go and set my people free. He commissioned him. But 
it happened when Moses turned aside and gave his attention to something supernatural. You know, God, God doesn't force us into encounters. He waits to see if we'll give our attention to it. Sometimes we can have amazing worship or a, we can get a great revelation as we're reading. Like I get excited as I go to sleep. I'm reading a scripture. I'm like, oh, it's so good. But you can take it and go, that's a great word. That's a good word. Or you can take it and go, I think that's a door into a bigger, a bigger revelation. And you can stay there and mine it. Look at it again the next day. Go a little deeper. Oh, what's God saying here? Because sometimes we miss the invitations, the dinner bells, because we don't recognize that God is calling us to turn aside and give it our attention. And when we do, God has something for us in that place. If you want to turn with me to Luke 24, there's an interesting story there about the road to Emmaus. And it's after the crucifixion. And there's some disciples who are just really discouraged. Like, I mean, I think that's the understatement. This, this is really bad. They have just murdered the one that we thought was, was the Christ. And now they're persecuting us, coming after us. This is just dreadful. This is not how we expected it. We expected that he would come and overthrow the oppressive government. And he basically didn't even address it. He just told us to like, turn the other cheek and give our cloaks as well as give our tunics or go two miles if they ask you to go one. And, like, and now he's dead. And they were so discouraged because he didn't meet the expectations that they thought was supposed to happen. And as they're walking along, these two disciples on the road to Emmaus, they... Um, suddenly had this stranger catch up to them and just start listening into their conversation and just adding into their conversation. And as they were talking about how terrible it all was, he was, don't you guys realize that like all the way through scripture, this has been prophesied? And from the book of Genesis all the way through, he just began to unpack all the scriptures about the Messiah and how he had to suffer and that he would be raised from the dead and and as they were listening, the Bible tells us that their hearts were burning. Let's have a look here um, in Luke, 4, uh, Luke 24. We'll start at verse 29. As they were, um, as they approached, well, verse 28. As they approached the village where they were going, and he, he acted as though he was going to go on further. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it's getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. I love this. Jesus sort of just drops in on the conversation. They don't know it's Jesus. The Bible actually tells us this in verse 16. Their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. But still, our hearts are burning. And then they say here, they got up from that very hour, verse 33, and returned to Jerusalem. Oh, excuse me, verse 32. They said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road? While he was explaining the scriptures to us. Their hearts were Oh, this is good. And as they came to their destination, Jesus acted as though he was going to keep going because he was waiting to see whether they would pull on him, whether they would ask for more. And they did. They went, oh, um, you want to come eat with us? Uh, come, come and stay with us. And so Jesus did. And then they had the revelation. <gasps> it's the Christ. It's Jesus. He's, he's been risen from the dead. And they go running back to Jerusalem. And all of their despondency is over. And suddenly they've shifted out of despair and discouragement into hope and passion. Into purpose. Oh, I have to tell everybody about this. You know, this can happen in a moment 
as we make room for God. As we turn aside to give our attention to what is making our hearts burn. Sometimes it's just like a little flicker. Mm, that sounds interesting. Mm. And you turn aside and you give it a little bit of attention. You talk to the Lord about it and read. Oh. I felt a little invitation recently as I was just getting so much out of Psalm 56 and other Psalms. I felt like, mm, I feel like there's an invitation just to read right through the book of Psalms and just really enjoy it. And I've been going through and, whoa, oh, it's so good. Morning and night with my head in the Psalms and, oh, this is delicious, God. And I believe that as we learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit to lean into what He is saying and what He is doing, God wants to enrich you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to strengthen you. Amen? We see it again um, in in the book of Acts, if you want to have a look there, significant shifts that happen when we make room for God. If you want to have a look at Acts chapter 4, and the disciples are threatened and they're told by the, um, the leaders that, hey, you've got to keep your mouth shut. Don't talk about this anymore. Keep your mouth shut. I don't want you talking about this Jesus anymore. And they come back to their friends and brothers and sisters in, in the Lord. And they come back and they gather together. And the Bible tells us here that they, they gather together to pray. And here as they're gathering together, I'm going to read from verse 29. They say, And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence, while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Now, this isn't, um, this isn't something to just skip past. The disciples, the apostles had all been filled with the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. They'd been baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, tongues of fire on their heads. They'd been filled with the Spirit as, the Holy, as Jesus breathed on them. But then he told them, wait, tarry in Jerusalem till you're clothed with power from on high. And then here they're being filled again and getting fresh boldness. You see, the Holy Spirit hasn't got just one encounter for you. He hasn't just got one, a one-time filling. He wants to fill you and fill you and fill you and refresh you. He wants to fill you with holy boldness. But it comes as you make a choice. When you are faced with opposition, when you're faced with difficulty, we have a choice whether we're going to get despairing and discouraged. I see it again in Acts chapter 10. Um, this is a fascinating story. And it's the story of Cornelius. You can read here in verse 2 of chapter 10 that Cornelius was a devout man and one who feared God with all his household and gave many alms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw, clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come in and said to him, Cornelius, and fixing his gaze on him and being much alarmed, he said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and arms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now dispatch the men to Dropper and send for a man named Simon, who is also called Peter. And he tells him exactly where to find him. Cornelius, as he fixed his gaze on the invitation from the Lord, as he just lived a lifestyle of giving, of generosity and continually talking to the Lord, praying, the Lord spoke. And when the Lord called him, he gave it his complete attention. And then the Lord spoke to him. And at the, so he goes and he sends his servants to go to Joppa to find this guy, Peter. 
And on the way, the Lord thinks, well, I'm going to give Peter the heads up now. So Peter, it tells us here, um, you can have a look uh, on, in verse 9. On the next day, as they were on their way and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. But he became hungry and was desiring to eat. Has that ever happened to you while you're praying? I'm hungry. I just love it. It's so real. But while they were making preparations, he fell into a trance. And he saw the sky open up and an object like a great sheet coming down, lowered by four corners to the ground. And there were in it all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures of the earth and birds of the air. And a voice came to him saying, get up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, I've never eaten anything unclean or unholy. And again, a voice came to him a second time. What God has cleansed, no longer consider unholy. This happened three times and immediately the object was taken up into the sky. And now while Peter was greatly perplexed in mind as to what the vision which he'd seen might be, behold, the men who'd been sent by Cornelius, having asked directions to, for Simon's house, appeared at the gate. And calling out, they were asking whether Simon, who was also called Peter, was staying there. While Peter was reflecting on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and accompany them without misgivings, for I have sent them myself. So Peter went down to the men and said, Behold, I'm the one you're looking for. What's the reason for which you've come? And they said, We're going to take, We want to take you to Cornelius. He's sent you. He's seen a vision. And we know that that encounter that Cornelius had and the encounter that Peter had led to the gospel being preached to the Gentiles, a whole shift in their mindset and their understanding of the will of God. Oh, major shift. Over and over again, we see major shifts happening as people give their attention and their, their focus to what the Lord is saying and what He's doing. You know, I believe that the Lord is wanting each one of us to recognize that there are dinner bells being rung for us. I love that Peter was hungry and he's like, I'm okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just up on the roof praying. I'm hungry. Are they going to fix the dinner? And then he has a vision about food. And some of us might go, it's just me being hungry. But he didn't even consider that. It's like, ah, oh, I'm seeking God. He's giving me something. I don't understand this. I love, I love the words, don't call unholy what I have made holy. Don't call unclean what I have made clean. And this is something the Lord speaks to me personally often. He'll say that to me when I'm like, I'm wretched, I'm hopeless, I'm useless, oh, I'm such a sinner. He'll say, don't call unholy what I've made holy. Don't call unclean what I've made clean. Hallelujah. He's unimpressed with your self-righteousness or your false humility. He's only impressed by your faith. You, you like, I'm going to be holy by telling him how terrible I am. What you're doing is you're actually expressing unbelief. He says, don't call unholy what I've made holy. Don't call unclean what I've made clean. And the, and the Lord was helping Peter recognize, whoa, this gift of God, the, the, the resurrection, the salvation of Jesus is for everybody. Wow, God's salvation has come to the Gentiles too. This is so glorious. And I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to bring shifts in our life. I, I've had so many times where I've felt little pulls from the Holy Spirit. And as I've lent into it, I've had big opportunities. I remember when I very, my very first ministry trip, when we were um, going on a trip to the US. First time ever I was ministering overseas. I was so green and, and had hardly preached anywhere. And we had an invitation to New Jersey that we felt the Holy Spirit wanting us to take. But while I was still in Australia, I was asking the Lord, what do you want to do in America? And he highlighted this town I'd never heard of, Branson, Missouri. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know anybody in Branson. I didn't tell anybody about it. 
But after I'd finished ministering in New Jersey, the pastor there says, I've got some friends in Branson. Would you guys like to go out to Branson? And immediately I went, yes, because the Holy Spirit had spoken to me about it beforehand. Well, as we got into Branson, turns out there was a cancellation on a national television program. And I, I went along to, uh, with the pastor's wife to go and hear um, this program being recorded. They asked me, she said, can you, um, she introduced me to the hosts and said, can you prophesy? Can you pray for them? I just prayed for them. I had a word for them. And the next day there was a cancellation and they said, can we get that Australian on? And three months earlier, I'd had a prophetic word that my name was going to be in big letters all over America. So I'm on the program and they're telling me, prophesy over America. And Tom's sitting in the audience and he looks up on the camera and there's my name in big letters at the bottom of the screen and it's being aired all over America. Little, little, little leanings can lead to big opportunities. As a result of that, more and more doors of opportunity opened up in such a significant way. Now we're on, we have the privilege of being on television all over the world. I've had other times where I've felt little, mm, I feel like God's speaking to me about this or about that. And instead of just letting it go as, oh, I don't know, maybe that's my own thoughts, maybe that's my own imagination, but actually leaning into it going, what are you saying about that, God? Yes, I agree with you. I believe. I receive that. Yes, God. And begin to declare what we, I believe he's saying to me. I've seen it unfold. I've seen it happen. Hallelujah. And um, it happens continually as we live our lives aware of his presence. He's always inviting us. The Bible tells us that he's laid up good works in advance for us to do. I tell the story about one day when I was driving, I was just going to go and pick up the kids who had been staying with their grandmother. And on the way, I felt the Holy Spirit just say, can you go home and pray? Or, or yeah, can you go home and pray? And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. After I'll go and get the kids, I'll do that later. And I felt, no, I have to do it now. Go and do it now. Will you come and do that now? And as I turned around and went back home, I was a bit frustrated, like, all right, put some worship on started seeking his face, just started praying, blessing him. And he spoke and he said, would you go and um, pray for this lady? So I went to the phone to pick it up to call her and she wasn't answering. So I got in the car and I went round to her house and found out from a neighbour that she'd just been taken by ambulance to the hospital. So because I didn't have my little toddlers with me, I was able to go straight to the hospital. And when I walked into the emergency room, this woman just burst into tears. She said, I was praying someone would come. And you know, God has big opportunities, but they often start with little dinner bells, just little, little inklings. Oh, I feel like, mm, I feel like I should lean into this. Me getting frustrated about prophetic words that were just nonsense and causing fear and trouble. I went to the Lord, oh God, this is not good. What do you want to do about this? Oh, why don't you gather the prophets from around the nation? Okay. And the Australian Prophetic Council was birthed. Oh, God, I want to see some shift happen. I want to see miracles. I want to see healings. Oh, God. Okay. Ask. Ask of me. I'll give you the nations. Seek me. You'll find me. I'll do it. Believe me. I want to use you. So often I, I would, would say, oh, God, okay, that's great. Who do you want to use? And he'd say to me, stop giving away the opportunities I want to give to you. When he started first talking about television, I'm like, oh, that's, that's good, God. Yeah, you want to do a new thing where people are going to be really coming in through the television. And, and who do I need to give this word to, Lord? And he spoke and he'd say, stop trying to give away what I'm trying to give to you. So I had to come into agreement with him. I, I'd, I didn't even have a preaching invitation. So I began to say, thank you, Lord. I'm on television all over the world preaching the gospel. The, the gospel is being preached. People are getting saved while I'm asleep. Thank you, Jesus. 
And today, we've had, we have the fulfillment of that. Over and over again, God is ringing dinner bells. There are invitations. Now, there are some things prophetically that are inevitabilities. The Bible says that Jesus is coming again. Whether you agree with that or not, it's happening. You know, and in life, you know, if, if the Lord tarries, you know, you're going to die one day. It's a thing. It, 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 they say there's two things certain in life, death and taxes. It's a, it's a thing, unless God comes back before you die. There are certain things that are inevitabilities. But there are so many things that are invitations requiring a response. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, hope, or imagine. But so often we don't fix our gaze on what he's doing and what he's saying. So often we move past too quickly when he's trying to speak, when he's trying to invite us, when he's trying to commission us, when he's trying to give something to us. We can dismiss it by saying, oh, you know, it's not, oh, who, who could that be for? It couldn't possibly be me. I was like a grasshopper in my own side, and so I am in theirs. But God wants you to have a new mindset so that you can have a new opportunity. He wants you to stop believing yourself to be like a grasshopper, and he wants you to start believing that God is speaking, and he has given it to us, and we can do it because he is for us. He's gone before us, and he's the one that's leading the way. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We need to put aside the weights and the lies of the enemy that would try to bind us and keep us in a place of, oh, no, that seems crazy. What if Peter had said, wow, who's, who's going to do that, God? Who's going to talk to the Gentiles? I mean, God was inviting Peter and God, and Peter responded and went, okay, yes, Lord, here we go. What's God saying to you? What's God inviting you into? Don't dismiss yourself. Don't discount yourself. Don't say, I'm too old, I'm too young, or I'm too this, or I'm too that. But lean in to the, the invitations. There are good works laid up for you to do. And the only way you're going to know about them is if you lean in and listen for the dinner bell. If you'll turn aside and give it your attention. There's a little door waiting for you to walk through that's going to lead to a big invitation, a big opportunity. Amen. Father, we say thank you for your word. And Holy Spirit, we just ask that you'd help us to recognize when our hearts start to burn. Help us to recognize what to do when you start to speak to us. And Lord, I pray that you would release a holy boldness, Lord, that as they recognize the invitations, that they would put aside small thinking, that they would put aside disqualifying themselves and saying, I'm not ready or I'm not enough, but say, Lord, you will do it because you've said it. And I say, yes, here we go. Yes, Lord. You know, I really believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to release a holy boldness, a fresh infilling of his spirit. So often moves of God, significant world changing moves of God have happened in churches where the pastor and everybody else have been pretty much burnt out and ready to give up. But instead of pivoting to despair, they've made room for God and they've smelt the feast that they've recognized. I think God's doing something here. Let's give it our attention. Toronto, Pensacola, all began that way. They could have gone, wow, that was a great meeting. But instead they went, God's doing something. Let's give it our attention. Revival doesn't have to look like extended meetings. It doesn't have to look like what we've seen before. But revival isn't something God's just going to put upon you. It's something he invites you into. And if you say, Yes, please. And you pull on him just a little bit. He doesn't require much. He's just, he's just acting like he's going to walk by. That was good, hey? Good conversation? 
And he's just waiting for you to say, hey, 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 I want more. I want more. Father, I just ask that you'd release a holy hunger that would pull on him for more in the name of Jesus. Father, I say thank you. Now, before we take communion together and before we pray for each other, I I want to give you an opportunity. If you're here and you know in your heart you aren't in relationship with God, his heart desire for you is that you would know him, that you would have relationship with him, that you would have a, a holy confidence that when you do die, you'll be in eternity with him forever in heaven. That if you'll humble yourself and recognize, I need a savior, because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are sinners without his mercy and redemption. Every one of us, whether you've sinned a lot or a tiny bit, sin separates you from God. But when you come to him and believe that the Lord Jesus has taken your sin, taken your shame and has died in your place and you receive him as Savior and Lord, sin no longer separates you from him because he wipes it out with his blood and he makes you new on the inside. He gives you eternal life. But it's an invitation. I have this for you. Eternal life. Behold, I set before you life and death. Choose life. If you're here and you know in your heart you need to get your life right with God and you need to choose life, you want to receive him as Lord and Savior, I'd love to pray for you today. Uh, Could you just wave your hand at me? I'll see you if that's you. Is there anyone here that says, yes, I need to get my life right with God today. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to receive him as my Lord and my Savior. Just let me see your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to give you this opportunity. Is there anyone here? I see you. God bless you. Anybody else says, yes, that's me. Today's the day I want to receive Jesus as my Lord. Let me see you. Is there anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. It's beautiful. If you're watching online and you know you need to get your life right with God, I want you just to look to him right now. And if we could all just pray together this prayer. Father God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to be punished in my place. Have mercy on me. Come into my life. Make me new on the inside. Fill me with your spirit. Forgive me for all of my sin. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, I just pray for these ones, Lord, who've responded to you. And anyone who's um, responded online, if you could just write there, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If you're praying that for the first time or you're rededicating your life to the Lord, just write it in there so that we can pray for you. Father, I thank you for these ones, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, that you'd bless them. You'd help them to know, Lord, that they are forgiven, Lord, that you receive them as your son or your daughter. And that, Father, right now they have assurance of salvation in the name of Jesus. Lord, bless them. You who've begun a good work, you will carry it through to completion in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, Friday night we have our monthly miracle meeting. But I'd really like it if you came hungry enough to pull on God for more. There's something about actually making an extra effort to come out and go, I'm going to have some more. And, and I, you know, I love Fridays because we've got that time. We, I want to be very conscious of um, our children and, and so on today. Uh, because uh, incredible things are happening in children's church. They're having encounters with God and prophesying. It's just amazing what the Lord's doing there. I am so inspired and so encouraged. Tom picks his head in sometimes. He goes, they're just, in, they're just having encounters with God. Just so beautiful. But there's something about making room for God. So if you feel like you could come out on Friday night, I want you to come with an expectation, not to be a spectator, but to pull on him and say, I'm going to have it. I'm going to have this. I want more. I want more. You may not need a miracle in your body, but you're hungry for more. I'm going to pray for you, and the Holy Spirit is going to touch you. Hallelujah. And we're going to believe for the Lord to really move. But today, I want to pray for you 
Because I believe the Holy Spirit is starting to ring the dinner bell. He's been doing it for quite a while, but there's a, there's a rush, there's a culmination of things that are happening right now. And when we recognize what the Lord is doing and we cooperate with it, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to help you lean into what's going to be a supernatural acceleration. We've been prophesying this for a long while, but it's right now upon us. Now is the time not to let him just walk past, to go, oh yeah, there's a good meeting, that's nice, or that's nice, I hear God's doing some stuff. But to actually say, ah, 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 come on, I'm here, I want more. Father, I thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, we welcome you. Lord, I ask you'd cause the people's hearts to burn afresh, Father. Lord, I am asking for a Holy Spirit encounter, Lord, where they would have a a mindset shift, where they've not even, uh, in places where they haven't even recognized that they've limited you. Fill them with a holy boldness, Lord, I ask. Spirit of God, I'm asking that you would come and that you would cause our hearts to burn afresh for you. Lord, that you would move. I thank you for your moving already. I thank you for your presence, Lord, among us. But Lord, I'm asking, Spirit of God, that you would stir it up. We were at a meeting this week. Um, I was at a Transformations Conference. Tom and Emily and Josh came down too. And um, it was funny. Josh mentioned on the way back, he said, do you hear whenever a revelation had come or someone would say, Jesus, someone else would say, Jesus, and someone else immediately after would say, stir it up. So all week long, Emily and I have been joking with each other all the time, stir it up, Jesus, stir it up. And every time we said it, I've thought, something on that. Stir it up, stir it up. And even though we were joking, the Lord just began to speak. I want to stir it up. I want to stir it up. If they'll call on me, if they'll call on me again, if they'll ask me to stir it up, I'm going to stir it up. And I'm going to cause that well to start to spring up. Hallelujah. And so I believe that the Holy Spirit is wanting to stir us 